So glad to have you here today. We are closing the in-service series today that we've talked about, I've Got Questions. And on this journey that we have kind of walked through um, in knowing Jesus, not everything goes uh, as well. There are still situations and circumstances that we still scratch our head about, that we're just not sure how all of the pieces kind of fall together and what we're to do about that. And I think it's really honest, it's real for us just to kind of declare, hey, I've got circumstances that I'm not sure how all those pieces fit or what am I supposed to do with the circumstances that we live in. And, and so we've been talking about them in our life groups. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about them when we're at the beach next week. We're just going to kind of help uh, us move forward through some of the challenges that we have in life. And so I want to talk about one last one today as we talk about finishing up our series today. I think one that uh, it probably has affected all of our lives at some point or another. So as our series is called I've Got Questions, let me start this morning with a couple of questions for you, okay? So how many of you, and again, maybe no right answer, no wrong answer to this, but how many of you would believe that at some point in your life that you have felt the presence of God? Come on, just shoot your hand up, at wave me. So at some point, right, like you've experienced what you understand somewhere along the line as the presence of God. And because it can be really personal for us, I, I hear a lot of different expressions from people. Sometimes when they feel like I've experienced the presence of God, people will talk about, you know, maybe a tingly feeling or, or just kind of this, this outside presence that, that I almost can physically feel in my body that I know that God is with me. Maybe some it becomes an emotional experience, right? We just maybe cry out or we weep uh, before the Lord, like we just kind of are overwhelmed with this sense that we have that God is with me right now, that as I am reaching out to him, I know that he is reaching back to me. And maybe even as that song we just sang, maybe even when life is somewhat chaotic, I find that there is peace, really even in the midst of all of the stuff that's going around in my life. And I recognize, wow, that God is with me, that I recognize his presence. But let me ask a follow-up question for this as well. How many, yeah? So, I mean, it's probably equal, right? We recognize we're really glad and we're really grateful that for a lot of us, we have experienced the presence of God. And maybe that was on our own. Maybe it was at a worship night on a Sunday morning. Maybe it was in our car, whatever. But I also realize, I know in my journey, there have been times and maybe what some people will even say as seasons in my life where I've struggled to feel the presence of God in my life. Maybe for some, we've recognized, while I, I normally would love to be in the Word, but now reading the Word or getting into my Bible, it just seems dry. I just feel really challenged to be drawn to be in the Word. Or maybe during our prayer time, I find myself wandering, right? Not W-O-N-D, but W-A-N-D, right? I, I just find like I, I start to get into what normally would be a, a great place for me in my prayer time, but I can't get but a few sentences in, and then my mind starts to wonder about all kinds of things. I just seem to lose focus, and I find myself maybe in a dry and a struggling time. There are some that, again, maybe you're new in your journey and you're thinking, man, this presence of God, I, I should be feeling something and yet I don't know what it is that I should be feeling. And so if you've ever wondered about maybe where the presence of God is or how do I respond or how do I really encompass the presence of God in my life, then, then if you've got questions about that, then I'm 
hopefully you'll be glad that you are here in church today. Or maybe as you are watching online today, because I want to take a few things from Scripture and help us, because I think we will probably all experience some of those moments in our journey. We'd love to say when it's always red hot and on fire, but as we've talked about earlier, there were a lot of hands that went up to say, yeah, pastor, to be honest, there are times that I struggle in feeling the presence of the Lord. So for some of you that are here today, maybe this is the word that you need to hear today. If you find your times where you're not necessarily always feeling the presence of the Lord, you're not alone, okay? So maybe that's just some good news for some people. Like maybe you're struggling in a moment right now and you're wondering, man, I look across God, but that's not else that seems so engaged. Like, like what I would reflect to be the presence of God, but that's not me today. And so I'm glad that God gives us help and, and helps build relationship that we can understand these things. David said this to us in Psalms 88 verse 13, but I cried to you for help, Lord, in the morning, my prayer came before you. Then why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? David recognized, here's a guy that had the reputation of, of, of having God, man after God's own heart. And yet, there were moments, there were seasons where he recognized the presence of God was hard to experience. That at times where it used to feel so easy, now was much more difficult. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is kind of a legend to us in, in the church world today. And we hear about his miraculous conversion on the Damascus Road. But he didn't instantly go into ministry from there. In fact, God kind of held him back and put him under some, some covering of some of the early disciples and the apostles. But, but Paul was ripping and raring to go. He's like, God, I know you put this fire within me, but God seemed to just put kind of a little a, a, a stop sign in front of him. And it didn't just last days or months. It lasted a couple of years. And in those moments, Paul was struggling. Like, God, I know you have something for me, but, but why can't I get out and, and have it released from me? There are moments that I think that we've all had in our journey where God has felt like his timing or his presence seemed distant, where there were things within us that just weren't matching up with the release that we wanted for God to do in our life. And I want to give you some spiritual direction this morning that, that maybe if you've been there and you didn't get the answer yet, so that's really important for you to jot down some notes or maybe get on the Real Life app this morning. And if you'll just scroll down to the sermon notes page, a lot of that is going to be there. And it'll be something for you to kind of meditate on a little bit so that when those days come, that you'll know how to respond, that you'll know how to understand maybe the circumstances that you are finding yourself in today. So let me give you just a couple of things, maybe hopefully a couple of helps about how to recognize and how to move whether we feel the presence of God in our life or we don't. So maybe here's a challenge, number one, for some of us. Maybe we find ourselves over-sensationalizing God's presence. And so obviously when we think right away about God's presence, we probably automatically think big stuff, right? I mean, God's presence among us. And so we have this, I think, innate way of just recognizing that it's got to be big and it's got to be awe-inspiring presence of God. And although it certainly can be that, it's not always that. Everybody say always. Yeah, so we know that God's presence is awesome and awe-inspiring, but to be honest with you today, it's not always that. We don't live in that moment all the time. In fact, Jesus spoke to a lot of his followers in John chapter 6, 
Because a lot of his early ministry, they were all about the signs and wonders. In fact, there's a large chunk of scripture where, again, the people didn't really want to listen or necessarily even be close to Jesus. They just wanted what he was able to do by way of miracles and signs and wonders. And so they kept asking, are you really the one? Then prove it. Then, then show us. And Jesus had to rebuke a generation that, that here I am with you, I'm abiding with you, but really all you're concerned about is, is what you're going to get from me. And so sometimes we look at this over-sensationalizing sense of God's presence when more than anything else that what we are learning in this journey, that as we sang today, that God is always with us. And it's not the things that we're after, it's Him that we're after. Can somebody say amen with me today? I, I know that, you know, we, we might not want to call ourselves out, but, you know, there are a lot of people from time to time that are trying to make a decision. And, and you know, maybe you want a new car, Right? And so, you know, you're going to go to your prayer time or you're going to go to God and, and, and then we start putting some stipulations or kind of over-sensationalize what this conversation should look like. And so, you know, you get up and say, God, if, you know, if I see a rainbow tomorrow and I can see from one end to the other end of it, right? And if the middle color in the midst of that rainbow, if, I, if that's what I see, then that's the kind of car, right, that I know you have for me and that's what I want. And, and we put all this big signage, right? along with this relationship or this desire more than anything else of God, this is what I want you to do for me rather than what it is that I need to understand of who you are with me and for me. Maybe there are other challenges or changes or choices, and so we kind of start putting labels. God, if I wake up in the morning and there's a robin on my window seal and he's looking at me, right, then I know that you're, you know, the, the sparrow and the robin are over, that's you and that's your presence and I'm going to go after that and I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, like, hold on, everybody, all right, hold on. Maybe we have sometimes a bit of over-sensationalizing what it is to understand the purpose and the presence of God. You know, sometimes when we find ourselves in those dry places, we might question ourselves and wonder, like, what's, maybe what's wrong with me then right now, right? Why, why don't I feel the presence of God? So here's what I want to tell you kind of in this first point that we want to look at. Feelings aren't the only evidence of God's presence, okay? So when we wonder, we find ourselves questioning or struggle that, again, like that that we're in Jesus' day, just kind of demanding a sign or reveal yourself or impress us, right? The supernatural stuff, that's how I'm going to know. The truth of the matter is, is that we must recognize that feelings, uh, they can be part of the evidence, but they're not always the only evidence for us to know and to understand the presence of God. You see, the Bible teaches faith way more than it does feelings. Somebody say, come on. The Bible teaches faith much more than our feelings. And what is faith? It is the evidence of things that are still what? Unseen. Like we still move forward even though we don't fully recognize or understand that, our, that God is doing, but we would rather have Him than anything else that our feelings, right, are, are drawn to. And so in these moments, we recognize that God wants to build our faith. God wants to instill this power of hunger within us and that it's based more upon our faith towards him than on our feelings. In fact, let's just be honest today. I think you've probably learned much in your life that you can't trust everything that your feelings tell you. Somebody say yes. I mean, if that was the fact, some of you would probably be in jail right now, right? 
I mean, let's be honest, right? And so we have to understand, maybe there are in these moments that we have a, an opportunity where we over-sensationalize the presence of God, and what we need to learn as we sang in some of those songs today is that He is with us, that He abides with us. He's never far away. We're going to look at that a little bit further as well. And so again, partly is for us to recognize there are going to be times and there are going to be seasons. And it's in those times that I can have God build my faith more than just relying on my feelings. Number two, maybe this gets a little bit more personal in these next couple of points that we'll learn. Maybe our heart has hardened somewhat. So maybe in these moments where we don't recognize or we're not so in tune with the presence of God, maybe there are some moments that we have an opportunity to recognize. Maybe it is that my heart has grown a little bit cold to the things of God. Again, it kind of gets very personal and very individual right now. This kind of starts to ask some really pointed and serious questions in our journey, but I think very important questions for our journey, realizing they were struggling, that some things that they wanted, but their walk and their talk just weren't matching up. They were allowing some of the things in their heart to harden, and it began to separate that from his presence, and Jesus said this, you'll ever be hearing, but never understanding. You'll ever be seeing, but never perceiving. So God says, listen, I I know you're going to get the big picture, but in the midst of that, you're going to miss out on the intimacy. You're going to know all the right things and maybe where all the right Bible verses are, or you're going to know kind of the expectation of what happens or should happen next, but in that, you're missing really the intimate moment of my presence. And why was that? He said, for the people's heart, everybody say heart with me today, because the people's heart have become calloused. You see, when we get comfortable knowing everything and just find ourselves, whether on autopilot or going through the motions, I'm not necessarily saying that any of that is purposefully wrong, but it could be an indication that we are sacrificing all of that for his intimacy, for for the freshness of hearing his voice. I think we can all be guilty at times, right? Even when we come to the house of the Lord, even when we come in on a Sunday. I mean, has there been enough preparation in our heart or do we just come saying, okay, you know, Adriel and the band, like it's up to you now to kind of get get me into the worship mode or Pastor Jim, now I'm I'm turning it over to you to, to help drive that point home to me or have I come excited, ready, impassioned, Right, not, not with any outward expectation, but God, for you to surprise me, for you to show up big inwardly because I'm here, I'm ready for you to do something big and massive in my life, right? I, I want to know that my heart has not grown cold, that it's not grown callous, but even more that I'm stoking the flame and the fire for you to do something big in my life. Why don't people always experience the presence of God? Because maybe we've allowed some things to attach itself to our hearts that slowly begin to cover us or, or pull us away from this passion, this desire to know him. Listen, this can happen to any of us. I'm not coming at you today. We're going to walk with you through kind of a... You see, we can allow maybe just experiences or moments that we have in life kind of, kind of affect this heart, Right? 
We recognize maybe somebody has done something to us. Someone has hurt us. And, 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 and we've maybe it's, it sometimes happens so slow that, that we don't always recognize it. It's kind of like the drift, right? We're, we're kind of in it, but we don't know the power of what it's doing to, to pull us away. And so because we've allowed this to stay there, maybe it's unforgiveness or hurt or, or, or someone has said something against us or, or an offense. And little do we realize kind of that we are being chained and locked and our heart is getting a little more calloused. It's growing a little bit more cold. We're, we're being closed off to the things and to the presence of God. Maybe it could be disappointments. Maybe you thought, man, I, I thought God would have, have done this differently. I thought his power, his presence, his answer would have come in a different way. And so sometimes our expectation of what we expect God to do has not been met the way that we wanted him to do it. And, and so now we start to question God. We talked a little bit about that last week with Debbie. We recognize that, that now the questions, they start to multiply. And well, if, if I question this, well then what about this and this and this? And all of a sudden, God's on trial because of some challenges that we don't have really the understanding to get through in life. Some of the issues and problems that we face, some of the relationships that that we have forged and now they've bailed on us or they've, they've talked about us and, and that's caused us to question maybe the whole thing of just how legit it is. Maybe you need to buckle up for this next one. Everybody say, all right, right? You know, maybe on this line, maybe there's an ongoing issue with sin in your life. Again, maybe like we talked about this power of the drift. You, know, you might say, well, Pastor Jim, like, I, there's nothing bad, 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 right? But, but maybe we've just opened, like, the tent a little bit. We've just allowed some little things. And he's, oh, Pastor, he's like, is that going to really drive me to hell? Well, I'm not sure if that would necessarily drive you to hell. But, but I know that it will harden your heart just a bit from the presence of God. I know that it's going to point you in the wrong direction. Maybe there are some things that we are allowing to have prominence in our heart. Maybe some things that we are lacking to confess. I'm not saying that we're bad people. I know that we are being influenced and that there is a real enemy to our soul that will try to bring temptation and harm and tripping threats wherever we're at. And maybe, again, during this season, rather than being powered by faith, we've allowed our feelings and we've allowed our offense or we've allowed those challenges to rule in our heart. And boy, the enemy, man, that's like firing up flares to him to say, oh man, there's some vulnerability here. They're basing their life and their journey more on their feelings rather than on the faithfulness of their God. And I find a little slip now to put something in their pathway. And listen, the more that you and I allow that to exist, those kind of things in our life, can I tell you, if you're not going to war about some of those things, if you're just going to be open to, to accept those things, then trust me, your heart will start to grow hard. And you might not be recognizing it today, and maybe that's the revelation for some of us this morning. Maybe that's the truth that the Holy Spirit is nudging you with right now. Some of you aren't happy with me right now, and I'm really, really glad about that. Because I know that obviously the Holy Spirit is starting to kind of put us together on the same wavelength. And you're hearing my words or my voice, but you're feeling his poke today. To say, come on, let's, let's kind of end all this foolishness. 
Let's stop talking about it. Let's start acting on it. And you're like, but, but I don't feel like it. That's okay. Today, I'm not going to walk in my feelings. Today, I'm going to walk in a faith that God says, I'm always near. I'm with you today. Maybe I can explain it this way for all of us that live in Erie, Pennsylvania. We recognize cold weather and cold season. And there are several months throughout the year, right, where it can be freezing, freezing cold in this place. And so just think about it. If you're going to try to go outside in, I mean, really, really cold temperatures, what if you just kind of, you know, dug through your winter closet and you just started to put on everything that, that you possibly had in your closet right, that is going to help you so you think about going outside. So, you know, you've got your Under Armour garments on, you know, the, you start layering and then the flannel shirts and then the jacket, then your, your snowmobile jacket or your big winter jacket and you've got hats and you've got gloves on top of gloves and, and boots and, you know, it's so much like once you get everything out, you're like the, was a little kid from the Christmas story, right? Like you're just like, whoa, if somebody just touched you, you just fall right over, right? You get so much clothes on that's trying to distance you from the cold. You see, we recognize that if we're covered in all of those clothes and we go outside, guess what? We're not going to feel the cold. It's going to take a long time for us to feel the cold because we're covered in these layers and layers and layers of cold, of, 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 from the cold. And in the same way, these little things that don't seem like they're much at the time, it's like layering, if I could just use the word sins, right? Choices, thoughts, responses that, that aren't really how God would have us to, to act out in all of those ways. And again, we might shrug our shoulders and say, that's no big deal. But, but the image that I want to give you is that when, again, it's, it's against the way that God's called us to live, it's just kind of like putting on another layer, Right? And, and it doesn't seem like much after a while, but, but again, after time, we recognize that we're just so filled up that God's presence is having a hard time getting through all of that stuff to touch our heart once again. Are you with me today? You see, and until we start to confess and still we start to really get before the Lord and we recognize, God, see if there's some wicked way, the old song says. See if there's something. Maybe I've been layering my uh, my heart, and again, a lot of people's usually their their comment or their reaction, like to some of those things, like, "Well, it's not that bad, or it's not as bad as so and so." Or I'm not. To... Listen, if that's going to be your response to some of those things, let me just give you the real warning: you're in trouble. You're in trouble with the presence of God in your life. You see, those kind of things. Sin, James tells us in chapter one, has one purpose, and that's to kill you. It's locking every one of those layers is like a prison. They're not easy to get out of. In fact, I was talking to Anthony a couple of weeks ago when I was down at the station, and we bring in, and, and as you've heard me say over the last couple of months, we brought in a lot of juveniles, a lot of younger kids that are getting in trouble um, in, our, in our city. And there are holding cells at, at the police station, and until that process works itself out, they go into a real jail cell, and, you know, so much of this is still new to me, and I'm just kind of, you know, kind of, I ask a lot of questions, and I was at the station last night, Anthony was probably saying, man, I wish Pastor Jim would go home, man, I'm, I'm like, I was like peppering him with every question, like trying to, trying to figure out how this whole thing works and whatever, but one thing I noticed, they, 
they put a couple of young kids in a cell just for a time until their parents came. And, uh, and when Anthony grabbed the, the, the door, I mean, it was like, whoa! I mean, it just reverberated throughout the whole thing. I didn't say anything at the time, but I kind of questioned. I wondered, like, I wonder if Anthony was making a point in that moment, right? And so a couple of days after, I said, Anthony, I noticed, man, when we put those kids in the cell, I mean, you pretty vigorously, like, slammed us. Were, were you, like, trying to make a point? Like, yeah, this is where this life goes. He said, well, I do try to, you know, make a point when I'm closing the door, right? I'm like, yeah, I thought so, right? You see, that's what's sin. It, it, we might not think, like, oh, it's no big deal, but, but one day, right, it's going to it's, it's going to encompass our heart, and, and there's going to be the slamming of the cell door, and we recognize, man, here I've been messing around, playing around with all of this stuff, and the purpose that this has is to enslave me, to, to put me in a cell, ultimately, to kill me. And so that's why, again, maybe if there's a question, I'm not saying for all of us, I'm not saying maybe right now, but I'm giving you, again, some direction that when we find these things, God, it's an opportunity for us to come into his presence and to be real with him. And then maybe I want to give you just one more this morning. Might be a little different than maybe what you would expect. But maybe when we find ourselves in these seasons, it's maybe that God just wants to draw us closer to him. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't understand it. Explain this. How, how is it when I feel dry or, or I feel that maybe that God is distant? Like, what, what would God be doing in that way? Let me read from Acts chapter 17. Paul was preaching to those who were in Athens at the time, and he was revealing. They, they were those that, that were very big on kind of head knowledge and w- could just talk about all kinds of meaningless stuff as that that was the purpose of life. Right, that it would that it would be they, they were almost making themselves their own self God people, right? We're we're so wise, we're so smart, we could talk about every topic, every issue, we could we could astound you with our wisdom, right? Athens, Greece, this was this was kind of in the heyday of, of, of that period of time. And Paul says, From one man, God made all of the nations, that God was the foundation, that from the very beginning he started with one. So that from that one, that the whole earth would be inhabited, and that it would be God who would mark out their appointed time with one, and that God would be a part and a piece of the growth of humanity, and that, and that God would understand the times and the seasons of man. And you may say, well, pastor, what, what does that mean? Why would he say that? Well, we read just one verse further, further. Paul said, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, even though he is not far from any of us. You see, God does not mastermind over us. God does not build this relationship like it's robotic. God said, I started with one, and I put my spirit, I put my likeness into humanity so that there would be a hunger and there would be a passion, and I've laid out the the direction and the appointed times of their life so that 
in those moments of glory and in those moments of difficulty, they will recognize that I am the source of their life, that I am their help, that I am their hope, that I am a God who is never far from them. And so that I am not going to force them, I am not going to kind of come, come and overpower them, I'm going to want them to know that because I am near, they can turn and they can reach out to me and that they will find me because I am near to them. Listen, I'm here to tell some of you that might be struggling in your life right now, and your question is, God, where are you? Can I tell you? God is not far today. God is near to his people. God is near to you. You see, many times we found that sometimes that it's the hard times that allow us and give us the understanding that we seek him and that we find him maybe even more than the good times. Right, when we're not going through difficulty. I think that's the part of humanity, right? When there are hardships, challenges, sufferings, difficulty. In times, again, maybe you just have to kind of walk this journey out a little bit farther, but I think you'll find out with me that it's in those moments where that we have grown more that we have become more desperate, that we've recognized, listen, I can't play games anymore. I've got to get some of this stuff that's been layering my heart. I've got to take war over that. I've got to get that out of my life. I've got to get hungering and passioning for more of what he wants to do in my life today. Yeah, maybe God is just holding back a little bit just so that it spawns some desperation in our life. Why? Because he wants to be with us. It's about a relationship that God has with us and for us. And whether you want to agree with me or not, I would propose to you today that maybe just the opposite this morning, that when we find ourselves in comfort and ease and prosperity, that many times that simply produces that we are more after self than we are after him, right? That, we're, that we find ourselves maybe switching on the autopilot. It's amazing how serious people get after they've just been coasting all of a sudden when difficulty or moments that are struggling come. That catches our attention. And so, listen, I want you to know that although it might be a little dark right now, or it might be a little desperate, or it might be a little struggle right now, that's not something to run away from. That's something to press into even more. That's the moment, and I'm going to explain to you in just a moment. Listen, what does deprivation do oftentimes in our life? What does it do with desire? Listen, if you don't eat for a number of hours, if you didn't eat for a day, what's, what's going to naturally happen? How many do you feel you're going to be more hungry, right? Your mind's going to be thinking about it. Your body's going to start functioning in some way, right? They're out of this deprivation comes this desire for more. If you, if you didn't have water for a, a day or two, right? Like there would be this push in our physical body that I need what I crave. I need this water. And in the same way that when we feel God's presence, when, when maybe we're lacking in what it is, that rather than running away from it, that we understand that I need more of that in my life. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are you when what? You hunger and thirst for what? More of of me, more of my righteousness. You might say, well, pastor, that, that seems hard to, to kind of quantify that, that part of this God may be allowing this, this distance like to, to draw me closer. Listen, it's not that crazy. You see, what we understand is that there is a God, right, that created us. There is a God that desires to be pursued, a God who wants us to choose him, 
to seek after him. And before you get too carried away with all of that, listen, you like to be pursued as well. Hello? Come on, are there any wives here that can remember in the dating days? Huh? Any women here that played a little hard to get? Right? Hello? What's the desire? We want to be pursued. Listen, that's not wrong. That's relationship. When you see that young boy or that young girl or whatever in those days, it's, man, I want to know them more, right? And so we recognize that within that, right, that, that it feels good in this, in this idea that, boy, he must really like me. She must really like me. Like, like I'm doing everything that I can. Sometimes, right, they, 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 they try to, like, gauge how much you're willing to pursue, right? And they'll, they'll do other things. Or like, no, I, I'm staying in and washing my hair today, right? No! I want to go out on a date with you, right? They're causing desperation, right? Because our heart beats just a little bit faster. And the Bible tells us that God is a relational God. He's a jealous God. You see, he wants your hearts. Listen, can I be bold enough to say he wants all of your hearts? You see, that's the trouble is that we feel like we can compartmentalize. Like, okay, I'll, I'll kind of do the Jesus thing. I'll do the God thing, but I... But see, God is a jealous God. See, we're honest. We look back at everything that he's done for us. See, what is it that we are going to bring back to the table? There's a wonderful promise in Jeremiah chapter 29. God says to us that when you seek me, what happens? You find me. Why? Because we have a God who is not far off. We have a passionate, jealous God who has a desire, right? He formed his presence within us, and he gives us the ability to kind of create our journey. He, he follows our appointed time, and he doesn't boss us. He doesn't overwhelm us. He just kind of, he wants to woo us. It's this relational thing, right? He wants you to know that he's with you, that he's for you. And the Bible tells us that, that we will find him when we seek him. I'm going to ask Adriel and the team to... Come and join me because we're going to end, I wouldn't say necessarily different, but, but today we're going to end a little bit more engaging. And hopefully what you're hearing from me today is this opportunity that, that God has a hunger and God has a passion for your life. And I want to I ring the bell with all of us that are here today or maybe those that are watching online with us today. Just where do you stand again in your hunger and your passion for God? I mean, I would say for, for most of us, you know, our worship experience today would give us probably a pretty good indication that, that we're hungry for God. Like, we had, again, I, hopefully today that, that maybe even if you're new or if you're new to church, if you're new to real life, that, that there would have been a sense in our time of celebration that you could say, listen, I, I don't know how I would explain it, explain it, but man, like I felt what Pastor Jim's talking about today is the presence of God. Like, I felt that, wow, I mean, this church, like, there, I've never experienced anything like that, maybe in the church that I attended. Maybe it was soft, it was quiet, it was kind of just going through motions, but today, I, I, I experience, I see people that, again, relationally have this hunger and this desire for what God can mean in their life. And so here's how I want to close this morning. You see, if you'll pursue God, 
the Bible tells us that he will reveal himself to you. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and you will find me. Oh, but here's the caveat. You see, that truth, that's good enough. I mean, that, that fits the bill, but there's more. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with what? With all, with all of your hearts. You see, that's that jealousy part of God's. You see, he's, he's not, he's not going to share the space. Listen, that's like you and I, like those of us that are married, like our, our spouse doesn't want to share space with anything. Your video games, your car collection, your guns, your truck, whatever. Listen, Debbie doesn't want to share me with anything or anyone. That's relationship. Everybody say, yeah? Yeah, and in the same way, God says, you can seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with what? With all of your hearts. So I want to give you an action statement, and then I want to give us an action step today. You see, if you don't feel God like you have maybe in these last days or weeks, I want you to remind yourself today, just because God feels distant doesn't mean that God is absent. Hello? Have you learned that today? Just because God feels distant doesn't necessarily mean that God is absent. Let me give you one more. Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean that he's not there. The Bible says if you seek him, you'll find him. If you will seek him with all of your heart. You see, we recognize that from Acts chapter 17 that God is near to his people. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning that God is with us and that God is with you. And I think the answer sometimes comes is that I must continue, and maybe that's today, that I need to pursue him because there are going to be times that God promises that he is going to show up and that he is going to show up big. And I don't know about you, but I would rather be prepared for those moments than be surprised in those moments. I mean, I'd love to be surprised. That's awesome. But boy, even more, I'd like to be on the idea that I've been pursuing. And God showed up. And God allowed that purpose and that plan in my life. And even if it might be dry or desperate in this moment, maybe it's just this fact to realize that that God is drawing me maybe to a deeper place. God's bidding me to come out into some deeper water, right? Where maybe I'm not going to touch the bottom so easily. And so what? My dependency has to be more on Him. All right, it's so easy in our life. As long as I can touch bottom, what does that promote? That remotes self. self Self-sufficiency, self-reliance. But once I push out into the deeper waters where God is bidding me to come, Then what, my focus? What did he say to Peter when he sank in the waters? Look at me. On your own, you're going to sink, but if you keep your eyes focused on me, what happens? You can walk on water. You can join me in the supernatural.